it's Cannon from Open House Party. And today, Alex Warren. Everybody knows Hype House. Uh, and the man is hilarious. All his vlogs are hilarious. Uh, you follow him on TikTok and Twitter. He's hilarious. But he makes really sad music. I <laughs> to his page the other day. And I think it said, hi. Uh, I think this is on his Twitter header, actually. It said, hi, I make music for dead people, which is <laughs> interesting. He wrote this song. Uh, about his mom who passed away, and it's super sad, but super good. You can hear it on Open House Party, so we're talking about that, and the origins, the birth of Hype House, and much more today with Alex Warren on OHP Uncut. Like the video, subscribe to the channel to win a virtual meet and greet with your favorite artist, and let's get it. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Cannon. Alex, how you doing, boy? I'm good, man. How are you? What flavor vape you got? Uh, That is Skittles. That's one of my favorites. Yeah? Yeah. My girlfriend hates it. But I was addicted to cigarettes for a while, and then, you know, I moved over to vape, and I was kind of like, uh, no, I can't get off this. Does your girlfriend care, or does she also vape? She also vapes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I need a girlfriend that also vapes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck you. I need a boyfriend that doesn't vape. Dude, yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining me. I'm a fan of your content. I have been for a while, man, and... um. And now I'm a fan of your music. Um, so thanks for taking a little time. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do want to focus mostly on your music today and your your podcast that you got. But let's talk about your story for a little bit for people that are like new to you, don't know Hype House, you know, um, don't know your story. I mean, it was different for you just a couple of years ago. Where were you? And and then tell you talk a little bit about like how you founded Hype House and and what it means to you and sure. why the content is so good, how it's <laughs> changed your life. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know. I've had a pretty weird childhood. Obviously my dad passed when I was young, mom, abusive alcoholic. I was homeless at, uh, at 18, like right around, right when I turned 18 and, um, all the, I was only allowed to take the things that I owned. So the things that I owned was a camera and my phone. Those are the two things I bought myself, everything else, not a mattress, not clothes, none of it. So uh, I took those two things and I just called all my friends and kind of just was like, hey, this situation I'm in, it's kind of, um, you know, what can we do? And so I would just house hop from each one of their houses and and like their parents didn't really like me that much because I was not going to school. I was filming these <laughs> vlogs, hence, you know, so uh, that ended up happening. So I was like sneaking into their cars and sleeping in their cars. And, and eventually I was able to get like a salvaged Volvo that was two different like Volvos and they put it together and uh, I paid 350 bucks for it. It was awesome. It was my baby. It was a nice little stick shift. So I had to learn how to drive that. And uh, yeah. So from that, I was filming at each house. So I would go over to my friend's house and film. And then I'd go over to my other friends and film and I'd compile all the clips together as a highlight reel of what we did that week. And um, eventually it started getting traction and, you know, I got to a pretty good place and then I bought an apartment and when I lived in that apartment, I moved all my friends who had helped me when I was homeless and lived with them. And to this day, I still live with them, which is awesome. And um, yeah, no, it was just, it was crazy. So Thomas, who I met because he was driving down to San Diego to hang out with his girlfriend, his girlfriend lived in San Diego. And we ended up running into each other on social, like, you know, we were talking on social media and he would tell me about this idea that he had. And I was like, that's crazy. That's an awesome idea. Like we should totally do it. And like two weeks later, he's like, hey, you still want to do it? Like I found a house and I was like, yeah. And, you know, we had no intentions of like creating one of the biggest content groups in the, in the world at the moment. We just 
wanted to all live together. Like that was the whole goal. And then, so we were about to do a photo shoot and I was like, Oh, you know, let's do this photo shoot. Let's uh, like um, Thomas put together a photo shoot. And I was like, Oh, let's create a name. And so back and forth, I was like, hype house. Let's like, let's run this name. Like this is the best. And everyone was like, no. And eventually after plenty of convincing, they got down to it. And uh, what were some of the other options if you didn't go with hype house? House of Olympus was one of them. That's pretty cool too. Um, no, it's terrible. <laughs> they, Lil, Lil Huddy and Thomas came up with House of Olympus, and I was just like, no, no, that's terrible. And then once I came up with Hype House, they went with the hype, and I was like, no, that's not that's not gonna work either. And so we we were just like, I was trying to explain to them like why it made sense, and it was just like over a period of time, just to get me to shut up, they went with it. I think it worked. I think, I, think it, it, I, I think it worked. I think it worked yeah. out pretty well. You got, I, I like, I, I'm so used to your vlogs sure. um, and, and doing crazy. And then comes this song about your mom, Remember Me Happy, and I'm crying yeah. watching the video. And I'm yeah. thinking, how did he get through this? For people that aren't familiar with your your story of your, of your family, um, I'll let you explain a little bit about what happened to your dad and then your mom and how this song came to be and and mm-hmm. then i want to know how you got through it because i can't even get through it with it just watching it without crying dude sure. how did you do it a lot of crying <laughs> yeah um no i it's like um you think the world's ending especially like when you're nine years old and your dad passes away and so it's like oh life can't get worse than this and then it ends up like getting worse <laughs> it's like I've, I've i don't know i think honest to god like I've, I've just gone through a lot of things to the point where it's like you know it, it i've I've had a very rough, rough life. And, and you know, not now. I'm, I've, I'm in a very privileged space in my life and I, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I'm happy. But people you know, do I, need to take that key point, by the way. You have worked your off to get yes, where you are. Yes. This did not just happen for you, but continue. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think honest to God, just going through it all, it, I feel like I'm unbreakable. Like I, I just, I've gone through everything you might mad, imagine, addiction. I've gone through, um, you know, my mom's passing. I've gone through my dad's passing. And I think uh, the huge thing for me, and essentially why I started the music and I started the podcast was um, it's possible. Like I, I, I was, when I had all this stuff happening and I had my mom, my mom going on and I'm, I would watch the Paul brothers and I would watch all these guys and I'm like, I want to do that, but I can't, the cards I've been dealt, like, it, that's not possible for me. Like I, I, I'm not in a position where I can do this and, you know, I couldn't have been more wrong. And it's just to show like, I know there's damn well, so many kids and so many people that are 14, 13, even 12, like whatever age they want to do what I'm doing. Like it's, it's a, it's an awesome job. And they feel like they can't because what they're going through in life. And that's not true. And so it's kind of like why I do a lot of things. I started social media off as a singing account. I didn't get any traction and then um, started moving over to comedy, which I loved. And the videos were my passion. And so, you know, ev- evidently I knew it would lead back to music, which I'm happy. And I can intertwine everything I've gone through to kind of get to it. Could you ever see yourself just doing music? Yeah, hundred percent. I-, I love my vlogs. I mean, just doing music is a very loose term because Evidently, record labels even have departments now for social media because that's the only thing driving traffic to music at this point. 100%. Like TikTok's leading the charts for any song that you'd find right now. So um, I don't think it really exists where you're just doing music, but I would focus music and still do my vlogs and still everything, but like all my attention and all my, like I would hire a team to help me with my YouTube stuff opposed to hiring a team to help me with the music stuff. 
is it easy for you to open up about the tough stuff? It, it, it is. I mean, if people that are familiar with your content, I mean, you, you talk to your fans pretty openly about your, you know, your family situation. Uh, is that something that came easy for you or did you have no. to kind of tell yourself this is you're going to have to get used to it? Uh, for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it until uh, funny enough, Logan Paul told me to. Oh, which was really? Yes. Um, I didn't want to talk about it. And I explained it to Logan. Logan was someone who, who helped me out a lot with my with a lot of the things that I had going on. And Logan pretty much just told me, he's like, you know, why don't you talk about this? Like your fans would love to know about this. And I'm like, they don't sign up to watch me moan about the things I've gone through in my life. Like no one wants to know about that. And he's like, why? And I'm like, they signed up for comedy. They signed up to watch me make comedy videos. They didn't sign up for a lecture on how my life sucked. (laughs) And so he was just like, he was just like, well, no, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing the biggest picture here. Your fans are buying into your content. They also want to know more about you and you're giving them everything about you. And it's like, what? and that made me really like think, and I was like, Oh, I want to share it to them in a way that makes sense. And, you know, me just sitting in front of a camera explaining my entire life story doesn't really seem like something I would do, nor would it feel authentic. So the music kind of just came out and that was amazing, amazing choice. I think I made. So do you use the music as sort of like the outlet for the sad stuff? And yeah. I mean, yeah, I use music as therapy, but that being said, I have a few happy songs that I'm putting in my EP. So it's like, it's more of like showing where I'm at now. So it's like, I have a lot of songs about everything I've gone through, everything that's happened to me, every, like all those cool things. And then I have happy music to resemble where I'm at in my life right now. Oh, nice. How many songs are on that EP? I believe six. That's amazing. Uh, Is the song that you wrote when you were 15 on the EP? Uh, One more. I love you. I don't know yet. That I don't know. One more I love you is about my dad dying. So that was like when I when I started, it hit me later. So kind of when you're nine, you 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 don't really understand what's happening. And then over time you kind of like see everyone with like their dads, and you know, we're going surfing and their dads are coming out to surf, and we're going to like uh camping, and you know, their dads are taking them camping. I didn't really have that, nor did I really have a parent parental figure. So it was kind of just me running around being like oh can i join in your guys' stuff and over time it started getting kind of people started getting annoyed with it where it was like you know just this random kid is trying to hang out with like my dad <laughs> <laughs> how hard is it to pick actors to play your parents who have passed in videos and the same person plays your dad in that video as in the new video right uh yeah the dad was a little different um i think because when we when we did the whole dad and mom thing um the remember me happy the dad was new but the mom was the same and then on the first one, the dad was different just because I feel like it wasn't like an active representation on both videos. I wanted people more to focus on the mom. And so I didn't really care if it was the same actor on the dad side because the second video had nothing to do with the dad. Right. So I didn't really stress it on that one opposed to the first one. I mean, how hard was that video to shoot um, about your mom? I mean... It was hard because it was so recent. I wrote the song the day my mom died. So when I got the call that my mom had passed away. Um, I went to go see her three days before. And she was obviously when you're in renal failure, they're just keeping you comfortable. You're not actually present. So like they told me she could hear me, but like when you, when you see someone going through renal failure, it's like not the prettiest thing. It's not pretty. It's not like, Oh, they're just sleeping. It's their, their color is gone. They're, they look like the aged 40 years. Like it's not something anyone should ever have to see. And sadly I had to see it. And, you know, when I walked in the room, I immediately dropped down and, and started crying. And so I wanted to actively represent that in the music video. And so it was difficult because the only way I felt like when I got the call 
to do like do is talk to someone and you know a writing session seems like the most therapeutic thing so i called my producer and i was like hey i need to come in right now my mom passed away we're writing this song he cleared up everything for me that day got the song done in two hours and then wrote the music video treatment three days later and shot the music video a week after that and uh yeah the music video was true to how it happened like it was it was pretty represent like representative of like everything my music videos are like almost identical to what i see when i when these things happen to me man how did you get to the point how did you get to a point where you could show that kind of emotion in the video like how did you how did you what did you have to think about to i guess get to that point where it looked real Real. in the video because it's 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 when you're doing Um, a video it's not like you're just living everyday life and there's a camera there you're you have to act but how do you get to the point where it feels real honestly it's it's kind of like it's not that's actually a really good question i don't know i i kind of just sit there and we were having trouble because i couldn't actively cry on set because it was like i'd already lived it and so for me it was like oh they were just like oh think of your mom and i'm like well no i i, I am but the thing is i already lived this like i already went were they trying this. to give you tips on how to get emotional yeah 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 and they, they're wow like, that's an awkward thing well, no, it's more because I direct them as well. Like I direct them with my friend Jake. And so I'm co-directing while he's the main director and he's like trying to help me through it because it's like, there's an active, like this is, I know exactly how I want it to look. And so it's like, I have to then have someone on the outside be like, Hey, you know, you need to do this to get this done because I get in my head a lot. Um, so it was kind of just like, for me, I, I just had to like, you know, we had to move things around the set and build it more to look real. Like I wanted it to be identical to how it was in real life to get really get me to feel in that position again. And I think it just honestly, like, you know, thinking about that, well, like I, it's not very hard in my particular uh, case, but uh, <laughs> right. it, it, was, it was pretty, pretty simple after we kind of fixed everything. And when do we get to hear the rest of the EP? Um, that should be to, de- uh, to be determined it, it, within the next three months, I will have okay. the full EP out, which is nice. Why did you decide to do a podcast? I, the same reason I started like doing a lot of these things. It was, like I said earlier, I feel like nowadays it's really easy to kind of like, when I started the Hype House with Tom and, you know, the six other people who started, like the original people, and I, I call us all founders because we all, you know, did something to contribute to the brand. Yeah. Um, when we did that, a lot of people just looked at us and assumed that we were just rich white kids. And like, you know, you have everything that you can, I put out what I want to put out and people will judge it based on what I put out. And the same thing with Tana Mojo and the same thing with Adam W and the same thing with Harry Jowsey. They're going to see Harry Jowsey and immediately think like, you know, the worst things about him because he's put out a sex tape. And it's like, you know, these norms and stuff is like, I know these people personally and I hear them talk about the things that they've gone through in life. And it's like me thinking in my head one day after I was talking to Tana and she was just telling me about her parents and stuff like that. And I was just like, why, why don't you talk about this? The same way Logan asked me, why don't I talk about this? And she was like, no one cares. It's like, it's not my brand. And so I took it upon myself to make it my brand of getting people to talk about it. And so I started the podcast called Locked In. It's pretty much where I lock one of my celebrity or social media star um, friends in a room for 60 minutes and they have to answer my questions. And I, you know, don't put, no one else is in the studio. They're just cameras. That way everyone feels comfortable talking about what they want to talk about. And I don't deal with the PR answers, the whole PR stupid answers of da, 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 da. It's quite literally you're in this room because you want to be honest and you want to be real. And I'm going to ask you hard hitting questions, emotional questions about, you know, your childhood. 
And that being said, you also don't need to have an emotional childhood or an emotional like thing happening to you to be on the podcast. It's just getting to know the creator behind the clickbait. It's getting the truth. Some of these people have managers though, that try to get you to kind of stay in line. Like, you know, they get like kind of upset about some of the questions you ask. Oh, a hundred percent. There's every podcast I do. There's never going to be a, there's never going to be a podcast where people don't take questions out. That's just, I've come to terms with it. I've done eight now. And um, no, but there's a lot of great stuff in it. A lot of great, great stories. And, you know, Lexi Hensler's is a very crucial one that I think people are going to really love mental health and, you know, self harm and things like that. And it's, it's something where everyone gets to talk about like the things they truly care about and the things that, you know, they've gone through. And it's like, there's a lot of divorce talk. There's a lot of, you know, parents talk. There's a lot of like, you know, suicide talk. And it's, it's something that's really difficult for people to indulge in. But at the same time, it's also something beautiful that people are able to talk about their stories because I think of Tana Mojo never meeting her. And I'm going to think of Tana Mojo, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, whatever her scandal was, I'm not going to think of like all the crazy she's gone through and what her parents are and, and stuff like that. How hard is it to come up with questions and how much prep do you do before uh, um, an interview? It's not too difficult. I think honestly, like, you know, we have a whole dossier. I have a whole team that will come up with a dossier for me, which is roughly about five pages long of everything, you know, the parent, like their parents, where they're born thing, like normal dossiers that you would get from like a, like an investigation. And um, I usually don't stay on it. I don't really look at it much, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, I write down 10 questions based on those information that I've gotten from all these things and also what my knowledge is of these people. And I ask them these 10 questions and from these questions, other things divert into it. And it's kind of like a whole mental game where it's like, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give me some answer. And then I go in deeper and deeper until I get the real answer. And then we talk about it. It was part of deciding to do it, watching other podcasts and thinking, God, they suck so bad. I could do this so much better. <laughs> no, it's not that. Because at the end of the day, there's still plenty of podcasts that are better than mine. I just truly, for me, was kind of like, you know, I've been on several podcasts to the point where it's like, at first I thought like, oh, I can't talk for this long. I won't come up with questions. And I've done so many podcasts and people are like, oh, like, you know, you've definitely, you you took over that podcast. Like you did, you did a lot of the talking and you, you have such great answers for things and you're a really good interviewer. And I was just like, well, what I, I, what I would do one, but I don't know what to do. Everyone does the same thing. It's like, you sit down you talk with people. That's a podcast. How does mine different? Yeah. And it's like, so we came up with locked in and where can people see it? People can see it on Spotify where you can watch the. They actually have video options now on Spotify, which is so cool. Yeah. So you can watch it on video and audio on Spotify, or you can watch the video on YouTube. I've seen a couple, man. You're doing a, a good job, man. You really, Thanks, man. your content's Super good. It always has been with Hype House and, and it <laughs> to develop. And I'm going to play your song on the radio. I don't know if you care, but care. we're going to <laughs> we're going to play Remember Me Happy because we've got so many fans that listen um, that are fans of you uh, and your content. I think that um, they'll appreciate us playing the song. So I love it. Thank you so much. Let's do it, man. Hey, thank you for your time, Alex. Really appreciate thank you. you. Thank you for having me. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Canon.